millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we discuss films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just want to talk about them. This week it was Alice's turn to pick and she went with Kevin and Perry Go Large. So let's get into it. So, Alice, <laughs> Kevin and Perry go large. You're laughing again, two- Josh. <laughs> this is becoming a common theme whenever I'm we excited. do a film that I have picked. I am excited. That's why I'm laughing. I'm excited okay. for this one. Um, right. So, as we've already said, we're discussing Kevin and Perry go large from the year 2000. So, spoiler warnings if you've not seen it. Um, Alice, what is it about <laughs> and why did you pick it? So Kevin and Perry Go Large is a film that follows the story of Kevin and Perry. Now, these are two characters who, uh, if, well, if you're not from the UK or if maybe you're a little bit younger, they were quite famous uh, in the 90s, kind of towards the early 2000s as part of a show called Harry Enfield and Chums, which was a bit of a sketch show, a bit of an impressionist show by a very famous impressionist in this country anyway called Harry Enfield. Uh, and who he plays Kevin and then Kathy Burke plays Perry. So Kevin is a very moody teenager. You know, he's like a rebel without a cause. He hates his mum and dad, but for no real good reason. Like, they're they're nice. They have a nice home and he has a nice life. But he's just, you know, he, hey, I hate you, mum and dad. All this kind of standard teenage rhetoric. And then his friend Perry, who's played by Kathy Burke, um, she, he's, he's a little bit, uh, a bit sweeter, a bit more polite. You know, he refers to Kevin and, to Kevin's mum and dad as Mrs. Patterson and Mr. Patterson. And he's always very nice to them when he goes round. He's, you know, he's a bit more mellow I guess he is kind of what you would think of like a classic pot smoker in the mid 90s you know with the hat with the big track suit and maybe maybe just a little bit slower than the people around him at picking up a on exactly what's going on. So the film follows them to basically in a quest to lose their virginity. They're <laughs> sex mad. Kevin is desperate to have sex. So they make a plan to go to Ibiza, find some girls and have sex with them. And that is basically the main motivation of the film. Uh, they are also aspiring DJs. Uh, so they use the opportunity to try and get a gig and go and play in front of a crowd, which they actually end up doing thanks to Chris Evans' character, who I love, Eyeball Paul. He makes 
character and appearance. Um, and that's it, really, in a nutshell. But they do, you know what, they get the ladies in the end and uh, everybody has a really nice time and they do a lot of shagging on the beach. And they do. That, they that's do what do you want from your, from your sort of teen rom-com films, if you like. <laughs> um, <Well. laughs> the reason I picked this one was because, again, as with many films that we've picked for this podcast, it just sort of popped into my head one day and I was like, ooh, but like, let's just see. Let's see how this film did. Kind of not expecting it to have done really well. But I saw, and I know we usually save this till the end, but I will bring this up now. So it basically got 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, which wow. I know, but I know that that isn't necessarily like an accurate sort of reading, is it? Because yeah, I think like you've told me, yeah. I think you've told me, Josh, that if a film hasn't got enough reviews, then mm. it just sort of automatically gets 0%. But one way or another, I thought, well, it's either underrated or underseen. It's got to be one of them getting 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I thought, yeah, let's give this a go. I didn't have high hopes, was very sort of nervous to see how it may have aged, um, but was interested to give it a go. So what about you, Josh? Had you seen this one? Um, I had seen it. That's why I was excited mm -hmm. when you picked it. Um, so I've got a lot of affection for this film. I think I was I was oh, like about the great. right age when it came out. Obviously knew about Harry Enfield, knew about the characters, all that sort of thing. So I have fond memories of watching it. I was probably at the right age to watch it in terms of the comedy. Um, so I was excited because I hadn't watched it. I've seen it plenty of times. It's one of those films that's quite often on telly or, or whatever. Um, I, and I was quite trepidatious to revisit it, to be honest, because I, I for, for the reasons you said, which I thought, I bet this got absolutely battered. Mm. And I also thought, you know, it's quite a daft film. It's quite a silly film. So has it aged really badly? Which I was sort of expecting as we went into it. Um, so then in that case, let's get stuck into it. So are we saying as we go into this, you picked this because underrated? So my, my initial motivation was underrated, but I would be more inclined to lean towards underseen as well because okay. of that Rotten Tomatoes score, which for me kind of highlights that it is underseen. Um, and I don't, I would assume that it wasn't huge amongst an international audience. And I would imagine that the people who have watched it and perhaps the people who do enjoy it are people who loved Harry Enfield and who loved Kevin and Perry, you know, when the sketch yeah. show was on in the 90s. That's my yeah. assumption. So it's a bit of both. Bit of both, I think. Bit of both. Bit, yeah. bit of both. Okay, so having rewatched it then, what did you think? What did you like? So it's interesting when dissecting and looking at a film like this. So on the one hand, you could perhaps say that in some ways it has aged poorly. But in other ways, the whole thing is a satire and it is taking the piss out of these films that are completely centred around young men's or boys' desire to have sex. And for me, it's really poking fun at those things. So you can forgive it for a lot of things, for the representation of young lads, for some of the representation of women, for some of the representation of people like Chris Evans and you've got Paul Whitehouse who's like the sort of bouncer for one of the clubs in Ibiza. It's poking fun at how these characters are usually represented in films, is what I felt. So you can forgive it for a lot of things. Um, the main reason that this film is funny is because it's Harry Enfield and Kathy Burke that are playing those characters. It's a, what, a 40 
ish year old man and a, a, a female comedian playing these 40 well they're a bit older aren't they so Harry and it's Kevin and Perry together sort of started when they were about 14 15 years old but I suppose as they're going to Ibiza and they're getting drunk and going to clubs and stuff they must be 18 at this point um, and that is where a lot of the humour comes from I think Kathy Burke is really really good in this she's incredibly physical she's doing a lot with her body a lot with her voice and a lot with her face to kind of bring to life this kind of stonery you know, Oasis listening to tracky wearing sort of lad from the mid-90s. And I think she does a really good job. And um, Harry Enfield as well, you know, really embodies that cranky teenager. You know, we've got some brilliant lines that I feel like we can all maybe relate to when we were angry teenagers, but things like, I'm adopted, I'm running away. That is so unfair. <laughs> and some of these lines became really iconic, or at least in our household. So we, we were a bit of a Harry Enfield household. You know, like if it was on on Saturday night, we were definitely watching it. I do think there's quite a good few bits of comedy in there. We've got um, some fun with kind of like wordplay and stuff. So there's one moment where Kevin's parents are reading his school report, which isn't very, uh, very flattering about Kevin. And it says something like, oh, Kevin is still emerging. But Kevin hears it as Kevin is still a virgin. And he's got like this absolute unadulterated fear of being seen as as a virgin and he takes it like so personally and that's why he's like so obsessed with this mission of having sex but if you do watch the sort of traditional you know teen films and teen films that are led by young lads their American mission Pie and that this sort is of the thing. one yeah, I'm thinking yeah, of always yeah. right you know it's like let's make a pact so we can all have sex because Apparently, that is the most important thing in the world. Um, so he yeah. he is just kind of... <laughs> I can see what they're I mean, no, no, it's, it's world peace. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Ending child hunger. Um, and so it, it's almost like Kevin is the product of of these films and of this um, of this idea that young lads should be looking to lose their virginity as soon as possible. And if you haven't done that, then you're a loser or something like that. Um, so we've got a good, we've got a pretty good cast in there, I think. Some really, you know, iconic British faces. So like I've already said, Tracy Evans, who's brilliant, although I was a bit disappointed that he wasn't doing a Welsh accent and they'd asked him to do a different accent. I was like, oh, but his Welsh accent is so iconic and I love it. Um, you've got Paul Whitehouse and a few other comedians um, sort of that you would associate kind of very much with British television uh, slotted in there. Uh, great soundtrack, great outfits, great costumes, all this kind of late 90s drifting into the early 20s, like house and garage music and like big loud nightclubs with lights flashing around and stuff. Um, I thought the vibe and the kind of uh, atmosphere that you get when you're in the Ibiza scenes, um, well, I'm going to say was re really realistic. I haven't been to Ibiza, I should say. I know, absolute loser. But I have been to Falaraki and a few of like the Greek resorts and it wasn't a million miles away from them. Um, and I thought for the most part, it was it was quite fun. Uh, there was a bit of gross out humour that I wasn't 100% behind, but we'll, you know, we'll get onto that a little bit later. But in general, it wasn't awful and I don't think it was as bad or as insensitive or as tone deaf as I perhaps had assumed it would be given the subject matter that it is dealing with. Uh, what about you, Josh? I'm, I'm curious to know as well, is this like the first time you'd seen it 
in quite a few years. Yeah, probably. I, I wouldn't be able to put a number on it. I'd probably say at least I don't, yeah, five years, something like that, at least. As I said, I've seen it loads. It's always on telly. I think I probably had it on DVD or video or something like that. So I have seen it loads and loads of times. Yeah, so it's 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 strange to talk about a film like this, isn't it? Because you sort of feel like you're analysing something that's so daft and silly that you sort I don't know, maybe you, you, you feel like you, you're trying to find a nugget in there or something like that, but... Anyway, that's what we're here to do. So I still really enjoyed it. I still find it really funny. Same as you. I still had that affection for the film. I still, um, I was expecting it to be like, you know, like American Pie, you know, women are objects and all the men are a bit rapey and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we'll come on to that aspect of it. And there is some stuff there. But what did I like about it? It's still really funny. You know, that, that subversion of the teenager of, you know, everything is overdramatic and everything is so unfair and I, you know... It is so unfair. Yeah, you get asked to do the slightest thing like, you know, do the dishes and I'm not your slave, you know. I am not your slave. All that sort of thing. And, 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 you know, and it's and it's still funny. It is still funny. And I did think, well, maybe, maybe is it a little bit one note maybe? But I, I don't think it is. I still think there's some stuff in there that I still think, you know, teenagers are always going to teenage, right? So, so I know that maybe some of the issues might change around what their barriers are, you know. You know, back in, back in like when I was a teenager, it was, it was get off MSN, you know. Now it's it's get oh, off wow, get MSN. off uh, you know get off Minecraft or get off MySpace yeah get off the Bebo um, but anyway so and I think it's funny for, for for a couple of reasons which you've already touched on I really enjoy the script elements of the script like you say things like Kevin is a virgin Kevin is a virgin or things like that I like there's a really funny bit where um, he shows up to the shopping center in his jacket and his jacket's turned inside out and Perry says to him. Why is your jacket turned inside out? And he says something like, I oh, don't conform to stereotypes. And something yeah. like that. And then he turns his jacket inside out. Then that's backed up with things like you say, like the costumes, which is, you know, they're just a bit out of date for the time mm-hmm. it was made. So they are wearing that like mid-90s clobber and 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 it would have been out of date by then. Um, and also it's really, you know, it's, it's bucket hats and trackies and everything's really bright. There's one bit that really made me laugh where they're both wearing a t-shirt that says individual on them. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or individual unique or something like that I can't remember but it's, it's things like that it's obviously a little bit of work had gone into because normally right these characters are in, in in a couple of minutes sketches so you've always got that risk with TV especially sketches of like well how do you get a full film out of this and is it going to become boring and is it going to become stupid and I do think they do quite a good job with this of, of taking them to a place and doing stuff and building up a world to, to be like you know they are sort of idiots and they are sex obsessed. And what they do is they surround them with normal people. So it only highlights how daft they seem to be. And then, of course, you've got the performances, which really carry the film as well. Um, mainly, like you said, Harry Enfield and Kathy Burt. You know, we've got Harry Enfield playing the the bratty, overdramatic Kevin. And then Kathy Burke as well. Is, it, for me, I think she's, she gives the best performance in it. Not because mm-hmm. Harry Enfield's not good, but because, you know, I... And I, I don't know if you'll weigh in on this, but I forgot that... Perry was played by a woman. I think you can, you can. I mean, I know because I've seen it so many times, but you don't, you aren't constantly going, Perry's played by a woman there. And it's, and it's really funny. She does a really good job of capturing, like you say, that dopey sort of lovable, but, but also teenage sex obsessed young lad. And I think, you know, by the way she walks and the way she talks and the way they make her up and all that stuff, you know, Perry looks like a teenage lad as, a, as opposed to a, 
you know, a, a middle-aged woman or, or however old she was at the time. Again, I'm going to say his name wrong, but, you know, Risa Fans is really good as the... as the no, thought, pretty good, Josh. As, as the, give you that. Yeah, as you the maniacal <laughs> eyeball Paul. Um, I was reading yeah. about it, actually. Do you know what he was filming at the same time as this? <gasps> Replacements? It was the replacement. So <laughs> one of the scenes, I can't remember when it was, but the, they had to shoot it really quickly because he was literally on his way to America and back again. Oh, um, busy man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, overall, I, th- I think there's lots to like in there. I can see, I mean, you know, every film is an acquired taste, but I can see how this would be an acquired taste, how someone might look at it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people when we were at college absolutely loved um, The Mighty Boosh. Oh, yeah. And I, and I couldn't, I never really got it. And it's not that I yeah. don't, you know, it's, sub- you know, it's subjective, isn't it? So I can, I, I think with this, I can see, like, I can imagine showing it to a teenager now and then being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but also, yeah, I can it's imagine very of its time. Yeah, it is, it? But, like, but it was appropriate for the time. Yeah, but I can also imagine people still finding it funny. You know, we still in my house, same as yours, do things like have a jam sandwich with Patterson. Yeah, Mr. Patterson. yeah, all that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, it's the same as it's. You know, it is in its own way of its time, but also quite timeless. You know, a bit like things like Monty Python or Little Britain or that sort of thing. You know. They're of their time, but they still have a place and people still quote them now. And I think if you've got that warmth and that affection for them, then it, it still carries on. But, it, it, you know, it's all subjective at the end of the day. I think they did the right thing by keeping it an hour and a half as well, like you said yeah. then. Or not not even, like right? An hour it's about an hour and 22, yeah, two yeah. minutes. Yeah, and like you said then, there is a risk of it becoming a bit one note because we're only used to seeing these characters for very short periods of time. And you do maybe feel that a little bit, but it's not too much and it's not too draining or too exhausting. Like when it gets to the next scene, you don't feel like, oh my God, we're just seeing this again. Like this is just so repetitive. And they did do enough, I think, to sort of keep the momentum going and to not make it feel like a slog. Um, Something else that I did quite appreciate as well is that it really does push the boundaries of awkwardness. Mm. So obviously every child's nightmare is the idea of their parents having sex, you know, of their parents doing sexual things and all this. And this is a real strong theme throughout. Now, uh, Kevin and Perry, while they're in Ibiza, because their mum and dad, their mum and dad, excuse me, Kevin's mum and dad, Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Patterson, have come with them. Um, so they're in one room and they're in another, and Kevin is asleep and Perry is not asleep, and he can hear Mr. and Mrs. Patson having sex. So he grabs the video camera and then sort of sneaks outside onto the balcony and then starts filming the parents having sex in their bed. And then a few sort of things happen, and basically what happens is Eyeball Paul gets hold of the video, he uses the moaning and the sexual sounds from the video on one of his tracks in the club and then puts the footage up on the huge screen so Kevin has to see it. <laughs> Can you think of anything more mortifying? Like, no. And I just, I, I appreciate that they went to that level. It's just like, imagine being a teenager, what is the worst thing you can possibly think of? And then they just did it. And they didn't only do it, they put it on a big fucking screen in the middle of the club for everyone to see. And I was like, that's bold. I like that. <laughs> this is making me feel so uncomfortable. So obviously the filmmakers are doing something right, I thought. So we'll move on to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like or that we change about the film. Um, so, Alice. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Anything from you? Well, um, so I'm not a huge fan of gross-out comedy mm. in general, and there is quite a lot of that happening in this film. Uh, the first one is where I think they see... Um, they see like two youngsters having sex or something. They're at a house party and they see two youngsters having sex or there's a a, a teenage girl who's like got her top off or something and they start dribbling oh, yeah. and the dribble is like a waterfall yeah. from their mouths all the way down to the floor and the camera really lingers on that for a little bit of time. Uh, and I was like, what? don't like that. Um, and then obviously there's the very famous uh, spot uh, squashing oh, scene which was quite iconic I remember at the time so there are two love interests um, is Gemma and Candice Candice of course Candice uh, and so Kevin and Perry meet these two girls uh, at like a beach bar or something and basically they all try and get into the club but Paul Whitehouse who plays the bouncer doesn't let them in the club because he says that their faces offend his mirror because they're too I'm putting air quotes ugly because they're covered in spots and you know they haven't maybe done their hair as, as nice as he would have liked or they're not wearing enough makeup so they go away and they have this makeover scene and it's it's long it is long like you see them squishing every spot on their face they've got belly button oh, the belly button one infected oh, and they just rank and i know and i know it's props and i know they're actors and i know this has all been made up for the film but i was still like what this is disgusting <laughs> um and the other thing really and this is quite a general thing but it for me it just wasn't funny enough 
Um, I remember watching the sketch show as a kid and I do remember laughing. Like we, like I've already said, we as a household would watch it all together. It was part of, you know, Saturday night TV or whatever. You got like blankety blank, Wheel of Fortune and then Harry Enfield and Chums would be on. Um, and I remember laughing at the time, but it just wasn't that funny. Like the jokes weren't particularly strong. The characters are very endearing and... I think I already mentioned, a lot of the comedy comes from the fact that it is Harry Enfield and Kathy Burke playing these two teenagers. And then the further you sort of get away from that, it just there weren't many brilliant jokes. And I just think maybe a few tweaks here and there could have really boosted it, maybe just to be a bit funnier, be, I don't know, just a bit, bit more big laughs I wanted. I wanted to be like rolling on the floor laughing. Yeah. And I just wasn't really at all throughout... What about you, Josh? Was there anything you didn't like or you would change? I'd, I'd agree with the with with your point a little bit there. So you would say when you say it's not funny enough, you mean overall, not just the gross out bits. Just in general, you you sort of wanted it to get past a you know a five on the laugh scale or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. think I don't think I laughed out loud at all, mm. and I have laughed out loud for films that we've done yeah. previously. So I know it can happen. Um, speed and it just yeah, yeah, yeah. speed oh, hilarious every minute every minute <laughs> a spy slapper um and it just didn't happen really for this and 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 the thing is with stuff like this as well is you can see where they are making the jokes obviously and what they are doing for laughs and if you think back to the sketch show there was a laughing track in it so in the film you can kind of hear where they're expecting the laughing yeah. track to be and it just isn't hit for me and i don't know I did watch it when I was a bit younger, but I couldn't quite remember the sort of finer details of it. And I wonder if I did laugh when I saw it when I was younger, and maybe I've just transcended that a little bit more. I think you, you know, the more films you watch, the you know, some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. Like that when I think about, I think about funny films. I think about things like Forgetting Sarah Marshall, just floors mm. me every single time. Pop star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, absolutely hilarious. And more recently, Swiss Army Man, uh, which which really did have me laughing out loud. And this just didn't have those things for me. Um, do you remember any particular jokes from this? Like, was there anything that did make you laugh out loud? Not in terms, I suppose things like Kevin is a virgin or Kevin is a virgin or the bit where they, they throw the tickets yeah. down and it says Virgin Airlines and and that sort of thing. Oh, in terms of, that was quite funny, yeah, actually, actual, wasn't it? In terms of actual jokes... There isn't that many that aren't a bit gross or whatever. So that was probably my main issue, which I'm the same as you. I don't really like gross out comedy. And I think the reason I don't like it is I just think, you know, snobbery alert, but I, I think it's a bit easy. I think it's easy to do poo jokes, sick jokes, you know, j oh, jizz poo jokes. As well, yeah, spot doesn't a jokes. poo go in his yeah, mouth yeah. when he's in the so, and, and I don't Ugh. mind some of the stuff, you know, some of the lower end stuff like. Yeah, they're constantly getting massive erections. It's it's cartoonishly funny. But things like the, the spot popping bit or the sick bit, I feel like are a little easy. And it's almost like because they were stretching out what would be a sketch into a film, they sort of, you know, thought, well, what can we do? And I think that the other thing, which is a really interesting point about you not laughing that much, because I also didn't laugh that much, which is I suppose you've got to ask, who is this for? Mm -hmm. You know, is it for the teenagers who are going to laugh at the gross bits or is it for the parents who are going to see the teenagers? And I think they probably needed to... You know, the sketch show, I don't think there's any question. I think the sketch show is for parents to mm -hmm. laugh at teenagers 
Whereas this, I don't know. I'm still, I'm, I'm still undecided. The jury's out a little bit. So, yeah, I would, I, I would have liked to have been funnier. It was still, it was still okay. I do think it's probably aged quite poorly in some sense. It's not as bad as I thought. There's a bit, you know, the, the, there's a bit of you know, homophobia and that sort of thing in there. But I think the main issue I thought was, and I, I'd like, I'd wonder what you think about this, which is. Does it make a bit of a weird point about the female characters, the two female characters in it, the two girls? Is it sort of, you know, they're not attractive until they pop all the spots and do themselves up and spend ages doing themselves up? I mean, what, what's the point they're making there? Like, is it, I, I can't, is it a bit, you know, for lack of a better phrase, ugly shaming? Or is it, I don't really know. What do you think? I suppose you could read it as similar to how Kevin and Perry themselves are depicted is this, you know, societal standard of what we think beauty is and what we think a good-looking girl looks like. Because obviously Kevin and Perry, their characters are taking the piss out of these young lads. And I wonder if with Gemma and Candice, if it's, you know, something similar. It's like, you can't, you don't go from sort of ugly to beautiful because you've squished a few spots. Like and, <laughs> like that doesn't really make that much of a difference. And obviously looks and good looks is completely subjective. And Paul Whitehouse's character is not a likeable character. No. And I suppose, um, I suppose Kevin and Perry fancy them straight away anyway. They love them So it doesn't matter, does it? Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's not making a point. Maybe they just gave them spots because they wanted to do a spots, a pop, spot popping scene. <laughs> Feels a bit like that, doesn't it? Or maybe they were just like, oh, we, yeah, we need to have like a makeover scene or whatever. But yeah, it was almost like they came up with the gross idea first and they were like, right, well, how do we make this happen? <laughs> <laughs> it is so gross. <laughs> so we'll move on to the critical reception in a moment because, Alice, I believe you're going to take us on a journey. Oh, so mysterious and magical, Josh. I love it. It's been a while. Yes, it's I been have. a while. It has. But we're heading back down there. We're going to go down the rabbit hole for this bit that I'm going to call Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. So, for this segment of Alice Down the Rabbit Hole, we're going to take a deep dive into the life and work of Kevin's love interest, Candice, a.k.a. Laura Fraser. You probably couldn't tell in Kevin and Perry, but Laura was born and raised in Glasgow. Like many British actors, she started out in some of our cultural staples, Casualty, Target, etc., and also dabbled in the world of film. She eventually hopped over the pond and eagle-eyed Breaking Bad fans may have recognised her as Lydia Rodart Quayle, who featured prominently in Series 5 and made a few appearances in Better Call Saul. Laura had previously said that she just absolutely loves acting but almost quit a few times in her 20s after being told time and again to lose weight even though she was already pretty thin. But she said not even trying to do the things she loves always felt worse, which is probably why she stayed busy since 1995 with a colourful career across film and television. And that was Alice down the rabbit hole. I'm so glad I didn't mention that she was in Breaking Bad because I noticed that. <laughs> oh, were you going to say that? Yeah, well, there but we she's go. also in um, A Knight's Tale. Oh, she is, yeah. She's, she's in quite she's a black, few the things, actually. The blacksmith in A Knight's Tale, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, always, she's always good. Yeah, yeah. And I do, so I, I'm not, I'm not like super afraid with Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul or whatever. So I like, I had no idea kind of who she was and this amazing career that she'd had. So I was really excited when I started going down that rabbit hole, which is why I call it down the rabbit hole. It all comes back around, doesn't it? <laughs> So we'll move on now then to talking about the critical reception. So, Josh, 
What are you thinking? If you were going to hazard a guess at what this got, obviously I've already mentioned the 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I do believe may be in part due to a very limited number of reviews it had. I believe it was six. Um, but what would you think if you're thinking IMDb and if you're thinking about the audience? So even even before you mentioned that at the beginning, I, I figured this probably didn't do that well because I just can't imagine critics particularly liking this. And I know we talked about this before, that a lot of critics have a a bit of a tinnier for comedy or a bit of a, you know, they, 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 they like the higher brow comedies, you Wes, and, you Wes Anderson's, that sort of thing. So I don't imagine it did that well. However, you know, with the audience... Probably quite mixed. I'd be. I'd love to know how this went down in America if it went if it came out there because I mm, I can't imagine yeah. them. And I know there's there's a lot of gross out comedy in America, but this is it's pretty weird, isn't it? For like mm. I, I can't imagine them really getting it. Um, but I don't know. Um, how do I think it did? I'd probably say middling to low. So like a five, four between a four. So let's say four and a half out of ten average across all the across all the platforms so go on give it to me well at the time of recording it got a 5.6 on imdb so you're pretty much bang on there and then so for the rotten tomatoes audience score it got 70 percent wow (laughs) which i thought was quite high yeah i'll be honest that was a bit higher than what i was expecting and that was with over ten thousand ratings so the audience have gone out of their way to rate it and it's like the critics have just said, nah, mm, not doing mm. it. That's tough then. So five fifty so it's fifty-six percent and seventy percent. Mm-hmm. So like probably averages out about sixty percent, doesn't it? Say six, yeah. So So I so I don't think that is underrated. I would probably say that's maybe adequately rated, but I would wholeheartedly say that it is underseen. And I think it's very it is quite specific to a certain sort of category of people. And I don't really think it's one that like youngsters these days would be watching. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I'd say it probably is appropriately rated and maybe underseen because it's perhaps, you know, worth a look for people who've not seen it, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Another one for the um, underseen and appropriately rated vault. It's it's a specific one that is not. Is there anything else in there? I can't. I, even... I reckon. I reckon there's a. Yeah. I think there's a couple in there. Yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah, a small collection. Small collection. And mm-hmm. Kevin and Perry is part of that collection. Um, there will be another episode next week. We don't know what it's going to be because we might, Alice. We might be joined by a guest. Oh, very but exciting. We, we, but, Love a guest. But we might not because I haven't sorted it out yet. <laughs> ah, well, it's well. So join us next week when we'll hopefully be joined by a guest. If not, another film. What will that be? Well, you'll find out, won't you? Because you'll hopefully click subscribe. And if you've not, please click subscribe now. If you've got your phone in your hand as well, you could scooch on over to the iTunes store and give us a review or a five-star rating. It would be very, very much appreciated. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias. Just search for Just Films and That and you will find us. Um, Alice Oliver, it's been a pleasure. Well, thank you so much, Josh. I've had a lovely time. And uh, how are you having it, Alice? Uh, um, ha- I'm having it large. Like the film? That was solid. I, um, I definitely understood what was going on there. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, oh well <laughs> and, it, uh, and, it's go- and it's goodbye from me cheerio bye 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.